Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Boundary Rope podcast. In today's episode, I'm joined by my friend Venkatesh. Hi Venkatesh, welcome to today's show. Hi Neeraj, happy to be on the show. Looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, it will be an interesting discussion for sure. I hope everyone listening in does enjoy it. So in today's episode, it's going to be a discussion completely on test cricket. and we will be discussing on a few cricketers who couldn't fulfill their potential in test match cricket there are a lot of players who came in but not everybody could fulfill the talent and potential that they had so today both of us will be discussing what were the reasons behind which these certain players could not fulfill their potential and showcase their talents so we'll begin with the discussion venkatesh so if a player does have potential and has the skills sometimes it ends up happening that the player is playing in the wrong era because they are playing in an era where they have the team filled with top class players so for an example maybe uh, indian players like subramaniam badrinath and amol mozumdar were playing in an era where the number 3 number 4 number 5 number 6 were dravid tendulkar lakshman and ganguly so they just couldn't make it to the indian side so who else do you think was unlucky in such a way that they were playing in the wrong era for their countries well if you take in uh, murli kartik and pragyan ojha for example they had played when uh, ravindra jadeja and ashwin were coming up the ranks uh, especially ojha considering the performances he, he had in the domestic seasons uh, when uh, australia toured or uh, south africa toured he he picked up a lot of wickets but it's just that we got uh, much more of a utility cricketer in uh, ravindra jadeja and a much more consistent spinner in ravindra ravichandran ashwin so our test team was set and i don't think they uh, found a way into the side true very true so the an interesting fact is pragyan ojha was the man of the match in the last test match that he has played so imagine being the man of the match and never getting a chance to wear the india cap again that's pretty disheartening but that was pragyan ojha Murli Kartik was there in the early 2000s as well, and when he was playing, Anil Kumble and Harbhajan Singh were there. So obviously, with those two around, there was no chance to get into the Indian team. And as I already mentioned, Badri and Amol Muzumdar were heavy run scorers in the domestic cricket, but just couldn't break into the Indian team due to the Fab Four's presence in the team. So moving on from India, who were the players in the Australian team who were unlucky? Because Australia was a formidable side. in the early 2000s under steve war yes. and then ricky ponting so getting into that side also wouldn't have been easy yeah a, a few names which uh, come up when i think about the players who missed out during that golden era of australian cricket or i think brad hodge he was extremely unlucky uh, because of the amount of first class runs he amassed and uh, the kind of talent he had uh, which which we got to saw in the t20 circuit and all the t20 leagues because uh, Uh, that's what his career came out to be in the end but um, his his talent in uh, first class cricket and uh, his potential was never fulfilled and uh, also uh, stuart mcgill for example uh, he was he played during uh, shane warne's time and i think you maybe you could include brad hogg in this category as well uh, they i mean mcgill as it is if you look at his stats he Uh, has like 200 wick, 208 wickets in 44 matches, and he was a pure wicket taker, a huge turn of the ball, uh, extremely uh, good right. bowler. But the thing is, you just have a Shane Warne, and uh, Australia wasn't uh, uh, used to playing fielding two spinners in the side, except for uh, a very few uh, tours they had to go into. 
so and always Shane Warne was preferred. So it was it was extremely difficult for them to get into the side. Uh, do you have anyone else in mind? Yeah, if you have Shane Warne in the side, there's obviously going to be no chance for Stuart McGill unless Shane Warne was not around. And that meant that Brad Hogg, even though he was a Chinaman, he just couldn't get chances and. He made his career out of ODI since Shane Vaughan was not around. But when it came to test matches, he just couldn't come into the team. Another name that came to my mind in terms of Australian players was Darren Lehman. So, Darren Lehman had a successful test career, but it was very uh, less matches that he played. He was a lot more successful in ODI. And when you have the likes of uh, Ricky Ponting, uh, Mike Hussey, and in the earlier uh, times, you had Damian Martin, Steve Waugh. Michael Clark. So, with these guys around, Darren Lehman just didn't get a chance to break into that team. And yeah. as I mentioned, Michael Assi. Mike Assi himself was a very late bloomer. He made his debut when he was almost 28, 29, which is very late for a player of his around caliber. 30. He was around 30, I think, 30. when he made debut, his, yeah. his test debut. So, yeah. Being Mr. Cricket and, making. And his uh, speaking of Darren Lehman, I think he had like uh, the most number of uh, Sheffield field runs or something at some point. So, yeah, he was he was someone who had a lot of runs under his belt, but just couldn't get into the side. Pretty unlucky that again, as we already mentioned. And in terms of Pakistan, Shahid Afridi for me. Shahid Afridi, when I looked at his stats, he has an average of almost 36, 37. And despite that, he played very few matches. Uh, what do you think was the reason behind that, uh, Venkatesh? Uh, Talk about Afridi, yeah, it is surprising that he averages around 36 when uh, you you uh, consider him. Into, I think he's played around like 400 ODIs or something and he keeps coming back out of retirement every time. Uh, you see. So, yeah, uh, Saeed Afridi, if you, uh, I mean, one reason maybe uh, why the he, he wasn't preferred for test cricket was his role was more of a game changer and uh, a match winner. So, uh, his inconsistency, which, which could be justified in one day cricket because he could win you one, one out of five games, which Pakistan was okay with. But in case of test cricket, you need to keep bowling the lines and lengths and you need to be a bankable batter, which I don't think Afridi was. So, yeah, I think that, that was, um, that was more of a case of inconsistency when it comes to Shahid Afridi. Yeah. And two names that, came to my mind, but I wasn't sure if I should actually include in this category of being in the wrong era, where your favourite player, Venkatesh, uh, Dinesh Karthik and Parthiv Patel. So, what is your perspective on this? Do you think they should be included in this category? Okay, let's take them one by one. Parthiv Patel, I think, uh, he, he came in like as a 17-year-old. It was... Uh, uh, I think his, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he played uh, against England first. Uh, a brief one or two test matches against England and then he played our uh, famous tour uh, in Australia. Yes. So, but the problem with him was uh, he was dropped for his keeping in the initial phases of uh, his career. Yeah. And then uh, he, he never made a proper comeback into the test scene. It, then, then it was more about uh, Dinesh Karthik coming in but uh, a classic uh, case of inconsistency which, which, uh, uh, which is the tale of uh, Dinesh Karthik's entire international career to be honest. I mean in any format uh, he just comes in for a few matches and uh, doesn't perform as uh, expected and he has, a, uh, he has a very very few good performances in between and uh, yeah it's very patchy uh, to be honest his, his performances and uh, eventually he just got uh, replaced by a better player and uh, was unfortunate to not fulfill his potential, which is why oh. I am a huge fan of Dinesh Karthik. <laughs> so, very true. It's pretty sad that he was born in the era when we had the most solid wicketkeeper batsman in MS Dhoni. 
so before that we were really struggling with capers in the early 2000s like we were trying so many capers and then we went to rahul dravid maybe if he was there around at that time he could have had a good solid run but since we got dhoni there was no place for dk to get into the side as a keeper he was tried as a opener as well when we won the series in england in 2007 yeah so i i remember that was that was one of the i think that was one of his best performances i think he was he, the leading run scorer in that series yeah actually. yeah i remember that i think yeah he was the leading run scorer in that series where which we won uh i think uh, bad light helped us in one of the test matches but anyway we eventually went went on to one uh, win that series which is a huge achievement i think under the leadership of rahul dravid yes. so yeah that was that was a uh, that was a great achievement but again these are if if you see dinesh kartik's career if if you, if you talk about uh, nidhas or uh, this uh, england performance it's always uh, uh, here and there his performances so it's it's never consistent so that's that's the issue Uh, and also a case of mismanagement classic because uh, maybe not in test cricket but obviously in other formats he just comes in for a series or two and just drop because he, he they want instant performance out of him so oh. yeah but i think when it comes to test cricket he has nobody to blame uh, except him because he was taken in as the opener he performed well then uh, some few performances led to him being dropped he was again brought in after dhoni retired in the england series in 2017 but again he did not perform well at that yes. time as well so i think he well, has okay. himself to blame yeah i i would agree with the fact that i mean he had enough uh, he he was given enough chances before i think in 2007 and all when when we toured england and later also i think he he had a bad run of form and he was dropped eventually in 2007 i think uh, when he came back though uh, i was actually very uh, uh, happy about that but uh, i mean <laughs> again uh, <laughs> one test match and i think he was dropped <laughs> uh, yeah so moving on uh, let's look at the players who unfortunately suffered a lot of injuries so these guys were getting into the team because of their talent and potential they were performing well for their sides but their bodies just didn't let them play enough matches and a huge group of this uh, would actually consist of the fast bowlers because fast bowlers are the ones who are most fragile and who put in the most amount of workload and a lot of toll on their body so who do you think was very unfortunate with injuries venkatesh think of fast bowlers uh, pure quicks uh, it uh, shawn tate comes to mind shane bond comes to mind shawn tate i think he was bowling uh, close to 160s at some point and uh, the, I, i remember watching a youtube clip of him uh, bowling and in a t20 international and everyone just looking at the big screen for the pace uh, which done, is, yeah. Uh, yeah so it was a pity to lose him to injury i think he was cons- consistently he had some back injuries if i'm not wrong mm. so yeah and shane bond was someone who had immense talent in test cricket and i think he he averaged around 22 in test cricket which is uh, really amazing uh, in the 18 or 18 tests he played so the problem with him was i think he just made no compromise when it came to pace it was more like he uh, he thought if some if he drops his pace he would not come under the same bracket and he would be in competition with uh, people bowling at a lower pace and he felt uh, his pace was the one which distinguished him from uh, the rest of the people which is fair uh, uh, in retrospect so yeah it's unfortunate that uh, his career was cut short but it was a it was an excellent career for sure yeah he is a huge favorite of mine shane bond and uh, real pity i really still keep watching some of his spells on youtube and uh, just feel bad that we couldn't see more of him live on tv playing for in- for new zealand a lot more a uh, very similar kind of story would be shoaib akhtar uh, shoaib akhtar we all know has played a lot of games but 
surprisingly is not played even 50 test matches a lot of games were in odis but when it came to test matches he played very few games uh, for someone of his potential the same reason like you mentioned uh, he just didn't want to compromise on pace he felt pace was his uh, biggest weapon and that led to a lot of injuries for shoaib akhtar and ultimately it curtailed his career he played a few odis later on but test he was not around for too long and also another few names that came to my mind were ryan harris and simon jones so ryan harris also nicknamed rhino was extremely talented and was one of the best bowlers for australia post uh, the retirement of glen megra and bretley and gillespie so he just suffered too many injuries he was playing extremely well and he led uh, australia to a series win in south africa with an injured body that's an amazing story actually and similarly a similar story is simon jones who we all saw in that 2005 ashes and it's a huge surprise uh, that he did not play a single match after that 2005 ashes which is extremely sad we saw him reverse oh okay I, i did not know that yeah okay that's that's uh, a real shock for people because he was like one of the best bowlers in that series along with printoff and he never ryan harris for... i think he was one of michael clark's most bankable bowlers he, he could keep hitting the line length and bowl in that sort of corridor of uncertainty and uh, keep troubling the batsman so with uh, with him having the ability to bring the ball in to the right hander and actually. he was extremely talented it's just yeah it was unfortunate he was plagued with a lot of injuries during his time and yeah i think so, ankle was uh, troubling him a lot so pretty sad that and simon jones again like i mentioned so who are the other indian names that you have on your list sankatesh indians speaking of making compromises when it comes to pace uh, we have to talk about shakshpati <laughs> wala ji uh, so yeah i mean uh, when it when he came out in uh, international cricket and he he had this huge uh, success in pakistan series he got a lot of wickets there and uh, i think he even hit a lot of sixes there uh, <laughs> so yeah uh, it's it, the problem with him was i think a lot of back injuries and he had to change his action and he was never the same uh, he was he was uh, definitely uh, a hard working bowler who who kept uh, Uh, again uh, bowling in those uh, difficult uh, lines for the batsman to deal with and even, even though when he even though he, he dropped his pace he was still a very uh, nagging sort of bowler who was who kept hitting the same line and length and troubled the batsman but it was never the same uh, when it came to balaji the the peak he achieved in uh, pakistan he oh. could never replicate that but he was still a great performer for tamil nadu in the ranji trophy circuit uh, throughout and, and bowling in the, in the heat of uh, yeah yeah csk is uh, yeah I, i remember his hat trick also in india very pleasantly yeah. so he was a, he was a very hard working bowler it was just unfortunate uh, when you uh, spoke about compromising on pace i was actually reminded of munaf patel so munaf patel <laughs> would you believe it came in as a tear away quick <laughs> we, we yeah i yeah, i, I remember i remember like, those days when he was bowling and it was it was it be a pleasant surprise if he, he crosses 130 at at a, at a point during his uh, later part of his career so yeah uh, again troubled by injuries and he had to compromise on his pace but luckily he was there in the world cup winning side for india and also played a very important role which often does not get mentioned a lot but he played a very important role uh, another name which came to my mind was uh, irfan patan so irfan patan came in as the swing bowler took a hat trick in pakistan and he had swing he had good pace and also was a very capable batsman and they were trying to mold him as a number 3 also but his injury injuries just ensured that he couldn't have a long enough career and he just tapered off played yeah as you said i think actually uh, even uh, uh, apart from the injuries 
the fact that they tried to mold him as a number 3 also may have led to his downfall uh, and some and some because some people argue that uh, greg chapel wanting uh, wanting an all-rounder in the indian side forcing uh, irfan patan to be more of a batsman who coming in at number 3 i mean he had he had his fair share of success but i think we can agree that it, it, he was never the same sort of uh, potent swing bowler after swing bowler. Uh, after a point sir yeah yeah and the other one who came to my mind was ashish nehra so ashish nehra was just so fragile that he was struggling to play t20s in the end and he had a very good odi career actually but uh, his test career never just blossomed due to all these injuries and just couldn't stay on the pitch for long enough to actually bowl 20 overs a day and a lot of people might have seen his interview with uh, gorav kapoor on breakfast with champions where he's mention that he's had so many injuries that he's lost count so yes, ashish yes. nehra again the, the number of surgeries he had it was uh, he was counting them or something like that <laughs> so yeah it was it was sad yeah yeah uh, another name i had actually was uh, nathan bracken uh, ah he he uh, i remember during a 2007 world cup he played a key a key role and uh, he was one of those uh, uh, players who, were, who he he was i think number 1 in the odi rankings and t20 for a, rankings also for a good uh, time for a, for a good time. while yeah yeah for a for a long time but somehow he he just didn't uh, uh, get to translate those performances at test level because i think he had he had he played like five tests and averaged close to 100 or something it was <laughs> it just uh, yeah it was surprising because bracken was uh, again one of those uh, somehow he he got into the team which uh, had all those australian greats and he was number one odi uh, bowler at that time yeah. so it was an extremely uh, huge achievement and talking about australians uh, looking at the current times james pattinson is someone who's gone through so many injuries and hardly stayed fit to play for australia they were all dreaming of having a bowling attack of hazelwood stark cummins and pattinson but pattinson has just not stayed fit <laughs> again they didn't want to compromise on pace but sadly he's had so many injuries that he's not stayed but yeah but uh, hopefully this this some time to go time. for him and uh, yeah he, he he can fulfill his potential because this there is a lot of potential potential in him and uh, uh, the this pace trio or quartet uh, you're talking about is extremely scary for us <laughs> so all the names that we spoke were all fast bowlers actually who suffered all these injuries so do you remember any batsman who actually suffered some kind of an injury which limited his test playing career well uh, i remember james taylor uh, he 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 cemented his place in the team but uh, he 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 ended up retiring at 26 uh, due to a heart condition so it was uh, yeah that, that was a, a sad day uh, for test cricket Yeah, that is sad. And uh, can you imagine? He is now the selector for England, and he is uh, hardly touched thirty, and he had to retire. Sad. It's pretty sad. So let's move on from that. Let's move on to uh, players who had skills, who were proving it, proving it in the limited overs formats, but couldn't replicate that in Test matches. So who are the names that stand out for you, Venkatesh? Uh, Suresh Raina, uh, I think, comes to mind. Uh, yeah. he was a i was a huge fan of suresh raina he used to change the he used to change the game in a few overs he was a, a huge hitter of the ball and all those all those times finishing with yuvraj and dhoni having yuvraj dhoni and raina as a, a middle order was excellent for us so yeah, somehow he 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 just couldn't translate his performances in the in the longer format because he we can actually say that he was found out and uh, 
test cricket there is no uh, rule for the short ball and he was i think battered with the short ball most of the time and mm. it, it was difficult for him yeah his flaws uh, when it comes to short ball was exposed in odis itself so when it came to test matches it became extremely difficult and also when it came to the swinging ball he was somehow caught suspect and couldn't uh, replicate even though he made it 100 on his debut he just couldn't uh, continue that form and be a regular fixture in that indian side on a similar lines i think uh, a player very similar to suresh raina is uh, england's world cup winning captain owen morgan i think very similar maybe not actually he is as suspect when it comes to short balls we see him dismissed a lot in, with the short ball in odis and t20s so i think very similar also not so good against spin in spinning conditions probably that's why he couldn't perform that well in test matches yeah and also england having this uh, him has a an odi captain and i think they they prefer him to be a specialist odi player i think they just let him build that odi side and t20 side and just kept him out of test matches i think it's worked out well for england as well so at the end of the day it was a good decision by the england board and it's worked out well for them and very similar to morgan and suresh raina was martin guptill so guptill batting at the top opening the batting you had no place to hide literally with the ball swinging around in new zealand and whenever he traveled abroad a really good player in odis and t20s a heavy run scorer but was found out in test match cricket as an opener even though new zealand struggled to produce openers he just couldn't become a regular fixture in that side yeah uh, michael bevan comes to mind third uh, pre dhoni the best finisher uh, in the odi format Yeah. and uh, it's still debatable who better and he, he was he was uh, somehow he could not crack it at test level because in despite having staggering numbers in first class cricket he i think it was it was also the case of uh, him playing in an era where they it was a very settled team and it was hard to get in but yes he he could not get a crack it at test level uh, lasit malinga comes to mind for all we know uh, him as a t20 specialist and i mean sorry a limited over specialist he, he, i think he retired very early Um, around uh, 2011 or something to focus on um, limited overs cricket he didn't get to fulfill his potential he played around only 30 tests any anyone else you can think of so yeah a few others one player that i had a lot of hopes on was actually jp dominic spoke about suresh raina morgan and guptil there were some kind of flaws there so i just couldn't find out what was the reason jp dominic struggled in test match cricket because he seems a perfectly good player with his technique intact but this couldn't make it in test match cricket even though he was a heavy run scorer in odis uh similarly he had this breakthrough series in uh, australia. australia i think uh, jp dominic actually i felt like is very similar to reina like how he plays and uh, it's, it's somehow i i find them very similar prant tahir comes to mind when you ah. think of uh, south african players uh, he he is he's a, he's a limited over specialist now who is uh, who has performed greatly and they calf somehow bang at the important intervals but uh, so he he's i think this is a case of uh, inconsistency he's he he was given a chance to play uh, he has played but he averages around 46 which is not something to write home about yeah so actually imran tahir is a huge surprise because considering that south africa have uh, historically struggled with producing good spinners imran tahir is an excellent leg spinner and he's proven that in both odis and t20s and again it's a it's hard to understand why he has not done that in test matches replicated that in test matches maybe it's because he's an he's a kind of defensive spinner maybe who picks up wickets when batsmen are going at him 
and that does not happen in test matches and maybe that's why he couldn't succeed in uh, test matches in a similar way so i wanted to leave the best name for the last in this category and uh, that name is yuvraj singh so we all know yuvraj what a match winner he was for india in uh, both the limited overs formats but again struggled to replicate that and become a regular fixture in the indian side in tests yeah he was he came up when the fab four were around but uh, when he did get his chances he didn't perform well enough to become a permanent fixture in that side so it was very sad we would have loved to see a lot more of uv in test matches i think for sure yeah i think uh, during uh, the time when ganguly wasn't a, a fixture in uh, the indian setup uh, yuvraj was given a lot of chances at mm. uh, number 6 and uh, he was he was uh, slated to be our future number 6 and uh, Uh, someone who can bat with the tail and score quick run get us through be a match winner for us in test match cricket so but it just uh, didn't come out to be as expected in his case yeah that was a huge surprise and uh, he was given chances even after ganguly retired but just couldn't make it count and pretty sad that uh, all the whatever happened after the 2011 world cup with respect to his health also didn't uh, favor him and he couldn't play too much of test cricket after that as well so moving on uh, there are some players who are mismanaged uh, by their respective boards have some particular reasons why they don't get into the side and looking at the current state of affairs it's pavad alam which comes to my mind uh, when you look at the stats when you look at domestic cricket the number of runs scored and the averages pavad alam is right at the top in the top 5 i think despite that he went almost 80 to 90 test matches without uh, playing he had his debut in 2009 or 10 and it took him another 10 years to play another test match and for some reason hard to understand why he was not picked but let's not talk about yeah that, that pavadalam's case is extremely puzzling i mean that is i, I don't think pakistan can even say that it was the case of uh, him not fitting in into the team or anything uh um, hugely performing top 6 like india had or uh, <laughs> an australia had so his performances at first class level should have definitely been rewarded for and uh, i think a lot of pakistan's fans were angry uh, for a long time let's hope for the best for the guy he's toiled hard in domestic cricket and hopefully he performs well and uh, in terms of australia one name that came to my mind was simon catrich so simon catrich played in uh the early 2000s in 2003 when india traveled to australia he was batting at number 5 6 then was dropped for a while then was brought into the side uh, to open the batting and he's always performed well he has a good average but somehow he just wasn't picked in that australian side and uh, do any names come to your mind when it comes to the indian team who have been uh, players who have not been given enough chances due to some kind of favoritism or any reason like bcci have just not given certain players chances karun nair again he he was a uh, he was someone who came in and scored a triple 100 and uh, he he was not favored uh, later so yeah this this uh, karun nair's case is uh, hard to fix not sure why he was not picked for the next few series what do you think uh, do, do you think because it was because we got better people in the in the setup i mean preferred over karun nair or uh, were there some other things in play i don't i really don't know it's hard to understand because karun nair scored a triple 100 okay yeah he was dropped two three times and wrote to that triple 100 but his first 100 was a triple 100 so you still need to give credit to the guy considering that he's the only he's only the second player to score a triple 100 for india 
and yeah he didn't perform that well after that when uh, we played against australia but you need to give a guy little more chances and a longer rope and i don't know for some reason they went to hanuma vihari and hanuma vihari has done decently but uh, not that great to really like get himself a permanent seat in that indian team uh, so it's very hard to understand why karun nair is just being discarded from the indian setup uh, probably yeah i think i think it's a case of uh... us actually rotating a lot and then deciding not to rotate a lot and uh, karunair was just was not in the right uh, place at the right time so unfortunate for him because bihari i think uh, uh, even even if he uh, has one or two per series he will still uh, keep him in the team because of of his previous performances and also we, we want to give him a longer rope so yeah yeah i think another reason might be that we uh, BCCA always wants to keep giving Rohit Sharma chances in test matches no matter what and Rohit Sharma was also someone who was being played at number 6 and uh, somehow uh, went ahead in the line ahead of uh, Karun Nair and that's why Karun Nair slipped behind uh, so moving on uh, one last category which uh, i had in mind was uh, players who had potential were performing but some reason or the other they had disciplinary issues or other kind of mental issues that ensured that they didn't have a long enough career one name which would come to anybody's mind at the top would be vinod kambli so what do you have to say about vinod kambli uh vinod kambli the first thing that comes to mind is that uh, partnership he had with sachin when they played in school together i think to some 600 700 runs they scored together and uh, finny uh, debuted for india in uh, in test cricket he, he went on to score uh, double hundreds uh, i think it was against england and i think he has a very good average as well in test cricket but it's just that uh, during the latter part of his career his form dipped to an extent where uh, was dropped uh, he was out of favor with the board and yeah uh, do, do you do you uh, have any other reasons for uh, yeah so actually people say that vinod kambli was more talented than sachin tendulkar this is something that i've heard a lot staying in mumbai yeah could be but uh, tendulkar made it uh, to the indian team a lot earlier but vinod kambli got into the side and like you mentioned he scored a double hundred and even when he was finally dropped from the team he had an average of about 54 which is staggering actually but he had a lot of temperament issues and all that that's what i've heard from people and that's the reason why despite his talent he is also he also has a loud mouth i think he speaks a lot unnecessarily criticizes people and <laughs> yeah due to that reason i think that wouldn't have rubbed well with bcci and they ended up dropping him uh his performance is also dipped and performed well against the uh, top quality opposition so that is a, an example of uh, what uh, shouldn't happen if you just have talent it's not enough you need to have the right temperament and when you talk about sachin he is the exact opposite of what uh, vinod kambli was when it comes to temperament yeah that that is true yeah and uh few other names that came to my mind were uh, when it came to disciplinary issues were Jesse Ryder and Andrew Simons both of them extremely talented performing well for their respective sides but uh, they were trouble kids for sure and who used to flirt a lot with trouble so that ultimately ended up uh, getting them out of their respective sides Andrew Simons i think he was he was someone who was feared every every time we used to play against australia even if we used to get them around 100 for 5 or something he used to be that person who used to change the game you build a partnership with i mean with the tail he used to bat excellently with the tail and uh, 
he was uh, he was some he was some talent and somehow because of his off pitch troubles i think he he was not involved in team meetings and he used to uh, miss them going to fishing or something and uh, <laughs> let's not go into the details but uh, yeah he he has played only like 26 tests which, which is uh, really surprising yeah jesse rider is a, another funny story i'm i'm not very sure what exactly happened but he had a incident where he was drunk and all that and that was a time when new zealand was struggling for quality openers and he was performing very well and was capable of even playing a long innings getting those hundreds and was an attacking batsman as well but uh, being a problem kid he ended up in trouble in the bar and it's not good for a sports person to actually have such incidents to talk about in your career so that ultimately ended uh, his test career and a good career which could have been a promising career ultimately had to end because of that And yeah speaking of uh, disciplines i think definitely we have to talk about kevin peterson uh it's it, it i think the case of him uh, falling out with straws and uh, it, it they exchanged text text messages uh, <laughs> he exchanged text text messages the with the opponent opposition i think it was oh, south africa, africa. <laughs> uh, yeah so it was unfortunate with the talent he had he, the i mean no one can forget the the impact performance he has had in the ashes and he still uh, even even after the short and the short career he's had uh, he's considered to be one of the best uh, batsmen who was, who was played for england so yeah, it was really unfortunate yeah actually uh, he retired i think i'm not retired actually he was dropped from the side due to all the disciplinary issues and also due to bad performance in that fatal 5-0 whitewash in, in australia Uh, that England stuff actually i think no so i remember correctly you, he he performed pretty well i mean not something to write a move out again but it was some it was a decent performance by him it was not something where he averaged 10 or something like that but uh, i think it, it was uh, it was more about the disciplinary issues uh, issues is for his followed with straws and i think he was the one who was taking in england cricket forward and his relationship with straws really screwed his career yeah he ended up being the fall guy from that series uh, due to all those issues and uh, yeah. what could have been such a could have been the best uh, england batsman uh, at that time ultimately ended in a very sour manner he ended up playing t20s in the leagues around but uh, could have spoken a lot more about kevin peterson than just uh, whatever happened towards the end of it but still a top class batsman whenever he was around and two other names that came to my mind from this series that we were just talking about were Graham Swan and Jonathan Trott both of them left the series that ashes uh, in 2013 14 midway so again very sad case with those two yeah i think trott has was battling issues with depression and uh, i'm not sure whether that was the case with swan but uh, yeah it, it, i think he went out to the world cup uh, back to the world cup in india uh, 2011 i think he uh, went back to england and yeah i think he didn't play the last uh, two games or something i think james fredol was picked uh, yes, instead yes, of james yes, one yes yes I, it just struck me i actually didn't remember this until you just mentioned it yeah so yeah definitely this it was uh, uh, it was it was them uh, battling depression i think and some some other issues off the field which led them to not fulfill their potential jonathan trot especially had a Uh, a long career ahead of him uh, being the talent he was playing at number 3 regular fixture cemented his place uh, the solid batsman i think a lot of comparisons with david and stuff like that so 
correct i think trot was supposed to carry england team forward but uh, whatever happened that led him to leave that tour along with graham swan uh, who was also one of the top bowlers for england like he was the off spinner for england in that uh, five year stretch so it was sad that both of them had to leave the series midway and we never saw them again i think uh, jonathan trot made a comeback a few years later but uh, he was found out again and ultimately announced his retirement apart from all these names that we have mentioned uh, who are the other names do you think uh, have been unlucky not to play a good deal of test cricket due to other reasons okay yeah one other thing which came to mind uh, one of the topic we could talk about was uh, cole pack uh, i'm sure everyone knows the number of south african players who, who just keep uh, going uh, taking deal uh, to <clears throat> secure themselves uh, a better uh, financial future uh, instead of i mean being in the waiting list in south african cricket and not getting paid enough but uh i think he he was a extremely talented player who who was uh, um, i think he was in the top 10 icc test bowlers at one point but he just had a stain a mockel a philander and when when he did when stain had injuries when mockel had injuries when he proved that he could make it at test level but uh, that was not good enough for him because uh, he uh, he he wanted a more secure future and uh, he he went uh, and got a cold pack deal for himself and uh, it, it 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 also i think uh, problem of uh, race in south africa where uh, in to- in 2015 i think world cup he his he was performing extremely well but they were forced to pick phil underwood in the semi final Okay, let's not. I mean, it may, may may not have contributed to their loss, but uh, again, it was not 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 a pleasant experience for him. He uh, he thought it uh, playing county cricket in England was uh, something which he preferred. Another very similar similar uh, bowler is Dwayne Olivier. He had his breakthrough series in Pakistan where he picked up a lot of wickets, uh, but even after cricket South Africa offered him a two-year contract. he still picked yorkshire over uh, south africa because uh, it's 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 a it's, it's a case of security i think and uh, they just want have a a more secure future for themselves yeah so it's very sad uh, when we talk about the skol park deals uh, especially when it comes to south africa a lot of players quality players have left to have a secure future by playing uh, county cricket in uh, england just because the finances aren't that good in uh, south africa so like you mentioned there are a few other names which would come to mind uh, but those are more in terms of odi cricket so a lot of players i think you can form a whole team out of the people who left south africa to uh, get themselves a cold pack deal one last category that comes to my mind is uh, a talented bunch of players playing for smaller sides the non test playing sides but the sides who have just made it uh, into the test playing category so like players from teams like afghanistan ireland or the other names which don't even play test match cricket who do you think comes under this unlucky lot well uh, i think this guy comes under both the cold pack category and the uh, player who who plays for uh, uh, nations who, are, who don't play in a test cricket brendan taylor is he took a cold pack deal early quite devils mabin cricket and, and has now come back but he was always viewed as a talented cricketer and whenever he played against india he used to score hundreds in odis and all that some other names irish cricketers like 
and uh, Niall O'Brien who had like extreme success seasons, but they've just not uh, gotten to play enough test cricket. Maybe Paul Sterling will. Uh, Niall O'Brien maybe Paul Sterling may still have chances uh, with the Irish team now getting tennis. Uh, let's hope for the best. Uh, so, one personal favourite of mine is uh, Ryan Tenderskarte. So, we've seen a lot of him in uh, the various domestic T20 leagues. And he's perform- he's been one of the top performers in each of the leagues because he's that talented. But uh, we didn't see him enough in Netherlands as well. Because even in the ODI and T20 format, because he moved away from Netherlands cricket since they weren't performing well. So... Uh, it's pretty sad that we didn't see a lot more of him, not just in test cricket, but in any cricket. Like, I would have loved to see a lot more of uh, Tenderskarte playing uh, live. Not just in those leagues, but a lot more in IPL, maybe in test cricket, and at least the T20 games for Netherlands. Yeah, he, he was definitely one who was uh, pleasing to the eye. And I think he averages a very high number. Over 50. Uh, the sample size is... Probably not so big, but I think the average is around 68 or something. So, he's, he's definitely uh, someone who has always caught my eye when uh, it comes to uh, minor teams. If you talk about Irish players, there are a lot. Uh, but like you mentioned, let's just hope that uh, Ireland plays a lot more test cricket. Likewise, let's hope that Afghanistan also gets a good amount of test cricket so that we don't have to include the likes of Mohamed Nabi, Mujib, uh, and of course, Rashid Khan in this category. Yes, so we discussed about a lot of players who showed potential, who had the talent but didn't make it in Test Match Cricket. And if we think about it, we will get a lot more names on this list. Uh, And keep in mind, this is a list of players that we have seen live or we have heard about quite a lot. So, if you move back into the previous century, I think there would be a lot more names uh, which we are not aware of. But this is the list that we kind of came up with. Uh, thank you for tuning into this episode. Thank you, Venkatesh, for being on today's show. Thanks, Neeraj. It was, uh, it was a pleasure talking cricket after a long time. And uh, I think it was a nice discussion to be a part of. Yeah. Thanks, Venkatesh. Once again, thanks for being on this show. It was a really interesting discussion. We spoke about a lot of players. And uh, it would have been good if we didn't have to mention a few of these names and we saw their talent in Test Match Cricket. But that was our discussion. These were the names that we came up with. If you have a few other names that come to your mind, you could always let us know in the comments section. So thank you for tuning into this podcast. We will be back with another one very soon. Stay tuned.